So guys, uh, we need to talk. Can you dig it? Ugh, so bored. I wish to be entertained. Can you dig it? It's time for us to have a talk. Can you dig it? Yes. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. Okay, dear. Close your eyes and clear your mind. Can you dig it? Baby, I can dig it. I can dig it. Check it out. Michael Allen Patton was born January 27, 1968, to a social worker mother and a physical education teaching father. He spent his formative years in a small town five hours north of San Francisco, surrounded by redwood forests, called Eureka, California. In high school, he figured out that he felt out of place with the jocks and right at home in the death metal scene. So he shifted his passion from sports to music. It was here he also met Trevor Dunn and Trace Spruance, and eventually they combined the two bands they were in respectively and formed Mr. Bungle, a death metal band that played ska music that was named after a propaganda film from the 1950s about lunchroom manners and etiquette that they had seen on none other than Pee Wee's Playhouse. They went on to record four demos before Mike was snatched up by a more established band from San Francisco called Faith No More in 1989. This came at the suggestion of their guitarist Jim Martin after he'd heard one of Mr. Bungle's demos. Two weeks after he had joined, he had written lyrics and fully recorded the Real Thing album, which was eventually nominated for a Grammy after the song Epic made Faith No More a household name. But this episode of Dig This isn't about them or Mr. Bungle, who was subsequently signed in 1990 after Mike's success with Faith No More. It's about Mike Patton. Those listening to the Electric Lounge of Oral Ecstasy's tribute to Mike's amazing career right now know that I'm doing a deep dive into not only these two bands, but also Phantomas and Tomahawk as well. In addition to the many, many side projects that Mike Patton has put together over the years. Therefore, this episode of Dig This is going to focus solely on Mike Patton's solo material. Like a lot of stuff that Mike has been associated with, some of his work can get pretty bizarre. Like his first solo album from 1986, Adult Themes for the Voice. This entire album is him, and only him, using his voice to the full extent of his abilities. Just take a listen to this short track called Pneumonia with Complications to see what I mean. <laughs> While this album is quite difficult to listen to, even from a diehard fan standpoint, to hear what can be accomplished with oneself with no instruments other than a microphone is truly miraculous. In fact, Mike Patton has a voice that any singer would easily sell their soul to possess. He may not use it in a way that everyone understands or accepts at times, but his style is nothing short of unique and mind-blowing. He doesn't just sing, he grunts. He growls, he screams, he beatboxes, croons, and scats. Despite him not caring much himself, he has a six-octave range, which is nothing short of incredible. He never approaches a project or a piece of music the same way twice. Now, genius is a word that gets thrown around a lot in the music world, but when you're standing shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with greats like Brian Wilson and Frank Zappa, I would have to say that you, well, Mike, has earned this title. His second album in 1997 was another standalone project and perhaps one of his most technically sophisticated albums. 
It was recorded with the help of John Zorn on alto sax, Mark Ribbit on guitar, William Winnett on percussion, and Eric Friedlander on cello. Mr. Patton concentrated on vocals and sound effects. The album Pranzo Ultranzista was based on the 1932 futuristic cookbook by Filippo Tommaso Marionetti and is as equally interesting musically as it is the theme itself. Like this track here, which I'm not going to try to pronounce in Italian, but in English it translates to raw meat torn by a saxophone sound. In 2005, Mike Patton was commissioned to compose a soundtrack for an independent movie called Pinion. However, this project was shelved and never saw the light of day. In 2008, he scored and provided a soundtrack to the short film A Perfect Place, which was actually longer than the film itself. He has since worked on soundtracks for 2009's Crank High Voltage, The Solitude of Numbers score in 2010, as well as A Place Beyond the Pines from 2012. Most recently, he provided the score for the 2017 Netflix movie 1922, based on a Stephen King novel of the same name. These soundtracks are all over the place musically, from avant-garde, eerie, and even noisy soundscapes, to 30s-style jazz and beautiful ballads, and even some funky electronic jam type stuff, like this one. Here's Sweet Cream from the Crank High Voltage soundtrack. Speaking of films, Mike's done some work outside the music scene in those as well. In 2005, he played the characters Frank and David in a film called Firecracker. He provided the voices of the monsters in the 2007 Will Smith movie I Am Legend, narrated the 2010 film Ben Raku, and voiced Eddie Table in the short animated film The Absence of Eddie Table. As if that wasn't enough, he also lent his voice to multiple video games, such as The Darkness 1 and 2. This will be a night to remember. Portal in 2007 as the angry he voiced many of the infected zombies in the Left for Dead And also voiced Nathan Rad Spencer in 2009's Bionic Command. Now, where did the rest of me land? And also did voice parts for Edge of Light Return to Glory in 2016. In other game-related news, he lent his voice as a vocalist once again to the 2021 video game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge when he re-recorded the 1987's theme song, and perhaps we should definitely take a moment to check that out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in the Mike Patton's talents know no end. Outside of all his main bands, he's done amazing one-off projects such as Lovage, General Patton vs. The Executioners, and Peeping Tom, among many, many others, as well as more experimental stuff with other musicians, such as his extensive work with John Zorn. On top of all this, he's guest appeared on far too many songs and artist albums that I could possibly name in this episode, but to name a few, there was Bjork, Sepultura, Team Sleep, Melt Banana, The Mel. Elvins, Edvin Kang, Isis, Handsome Boy Modeling School, and even comedian Neil Hamburger's albums. Honestly, he's done a bit of everything, and he continues to be involved in multiple projects at all times. He is the true definition of a workaholic.
For the last focus of today, I want to touch on Mondo Kane, his third solo album from 2010, though I actually think it might be pronounced Mondo Kane. This project featured a 40-piece orchestra along with a 15-person backing band as they interpreted Italian pop songs from the 1950s and 60s. And yes, he sings the majority of the album in Italian. I tell you, this man can do anything. Oh yeah, did I mention he has his own record label too called Ipecac Records that he founded in 1999 with the former Alternative Tentacles label manager and ex-duh singer Greg Reckman? Yeah, there's that too. But let's end it here with Mondo Kane. Here's Senza Fine, or Fine, I'm not really sure. Dig this. This has been Dig This here inside the Electric Lounge of Oral Ecstasy. If you look in the description box for this show, you can find links to all my other shows as well as to a playlist for the original track list of this very show that you just heard. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at Official Electric Lounge. And until next time, peace, love, and music.